I'm Cindy Zhang, and you're listening to Tell Me Muse, a podcast where I interview recent McGill graduates to figure out what exactly is classics. This is the last episode of season one, and also the last time that I'll be your host. So I thought I would share a few of the insights that I've acquired since entering McGill Classics that have been reinforced by doing this podcast and talking to other people. So let's debrief. To me, the field of classics, the goal of it is to explore and try to understand peoples and cultures that are distantly removed in time from us, who spoke a different language, who saw the world differently, and with whom we can still connect on certain levels of pain, of loss, of fulfillment, and of feeling blessed. But on a more practical level, what studying the classics means in your undergrad or maybe even in your graduate studies is that you get to hop over some of these institutional boundaries that universities put up to separate different fields that they deem distinct. So let's imagine that classics were fully broken down to fit the mold of most university course categories. Latin and Greek would be put in the language department. Then we would take ancient authors who wrote about history like Livy or Polybius or even Thucydides, and you would only study those under the history department. And then we would take stories about their religion, so what you would call Greek mythology or Roman mythology, uh, you know, the Ovid's Metamorphoses. Um, maybe you would put in even his Fasti parts of it. You could throw in there Hesiod's Theogony about the birth of the universe, uh, maybe even the Homeric hymns, where there's a hymn dedicated to a single god or goddess and about their birth story or about how they acquired their powers and whatnot. So you would take all of that literature and put it into the religious studies department. And then other tales, you know, that are to do with heroes um, or something that you wouldn't categorize as mythology, you know, like the Aeneid, which is the founding myth of Rome, or even Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey, perhaps you'll put that into the literature department, you know, so you would be segregating all of these different aspects of classics into neatly defined categories that you can then slap a course code onto. So that is how I envision most ideas are taught in university. You break them down into simpler component parts, and then you scatter them across these different faculties and programs. It is much more difficult to do that to classics, and I think that is reflective of the material that we're working with, because the ancient Greeks and Romans didn't perceive of their world as fractured. Everything was interconnected. So all that's to say, my education in classics has taught me to appreciate the complexity of reality. In this episode, I'll be introducing Charlene Fregambopré, who will be taking over the podcast as our new host in season two. Charlene is, like myself, a McGill undergraduate student, and we'll be talking about her experience at McGill her expectations for the program, as well as the podcast, and what she thinks classics is. So let's jump right in.
Hi, Shaklin. How are you? Hi, Cindy. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Super excited to have this talk with you and to introduce you to everyone as our new host for season two. I thought I would use this episode as a kind of meet and greet and to really just get to know you. So tell us about yourself. Who are you? Where did you grow up? What interests do you have? Anything you would like us to know? So my name is Shalyn Frigon-Beaupré and I go by she, they pronouns. Um, I'm originally from Trois-Rivières, which is like a very small town halfway between Montreal and Quebec. It's a very rural area um, where people speak mostly French, but there is a small Anglophone community here in Trois-Rivières. So I was lucky enough to go to an English school and that's how I eventually got into McGill. And um, yeah, my my interests, uh, gosh, I have so many, but um, I, I guess I love reading, I love cooking. I learned how to crochet recently, so I've been doing a lot of that this summer. I I have a dog, I, I have to mention him because I love him too much, but I have a dog named Leonidas and he is the light of my life. And um, I guess that's that's pretty much all there is to know about me. How did you end up at McGill and how did you find yourself in the classics program? I guess since my English was already decent, it made sense for me to, to go to McGill, but I did hesitate between like other universities because I mean, Montreal has a lot of them, which is great because you have more to choose from. Um, but I, I wasn't even really sure what I wanted to study to begin with. So I thought McGill was the best way to go because I could just sign up to McGill and once I was accepted I could you know declare my major further down the line but I fell in love with classics and cégep uh, which we I guess we can talk a bit about that more um, later and um, yeah I guess that's a that's a kind of a boring story to tell but that's really how it was I wasn't really sure at first if I wanted to go to McGill because I had uh, studied in French and cégep so that would have like in my mind, that would have been a bit more complicated to get adapted to. But McGill is great. If if ever you're a francophone and you want to try out McGill, it's really not that intimidating, and the the learning curve isn't that steep. So that's how I I got into McGill. Can you break down for us more of what that process was like? So I know the Sejep system can be a bit confusing for those of us who are not from Quebec. Uh, so do you mind just talking us through what the CEGEP is and then what kinds of classics courses piqued your interest in CEGEP? Mm -hmm. Well, what I did in CEGEP was kind of like a, what we call a pre-universitaire, kind of like a prelude to university, if you will. So it's usually like about two years. And then when you get to university, there's this thing called advanced standing. So basically you have like a few more credits than like, students from other provinces or other countries do. So you get to skip your U0, and then you have three years uh, at McGill. So it's not as complicated as some people might think it is. That's pretty much all there is to say about Cégep. And then obviously in Cégep, you kind of get to choose um, what field you want to specialize in. So I did liberal arts, which is, you know, so diverse and I guess going into university I wanted to specialize a bit more and um, I 
came across classics during one of my program courses. I had a professor that was teaching this class called um, Le Sens du Divin, which basically means like the ways of like interpreting the divine. And that's pretty much what she what she taught. Uh, we would go over like different um, interpretations that people have of the divine and the phenomenon of religiosity and religion, like what that is at its very core. And in that class, I was introduced to like a lot of French European academics through my readings. And um, I can remember, for instance, uh, Jean de Lumeau, uh, there was also Paul Vigne, and probably the one that had the most impact on me was Jean-Pierre Vernon. He's like a very interesting character. And I remember reading one of his essays, one of his short essays called Mythe um, religion en Grèce ancienne, I think. And I remember being so confused by it, honestly. Looking back, it was such an easy read. But just in the moment, it was so foreign to me, this like society and culture that he was trying to explain to his readers. And I remember doing really, really bad on that like reading comprehension quiz that week. But I, I was really hooked. And I guess I owe my my classics awakening to Jean-Pierre Vernard. That's really the moment where I realized that classics is a thing and that you can dedicate like your entire life to studying antiquity and the ancient Mediterranean and of course, I was always kind of aware of what classics was, of like classics, classical mythology or like classical literature, because I feel like it, it permeates so much of like Western thought and Western society. But um, I didn't know you could dedicate your entire life to doing that. And there, there was so much to talk about and so much to explore. So that's really when I was introduced to classics. Was there any particular strand of classics that continues to fascinate you? And perhaps that's where you see yourself going with research? Uh, like, are you more of a Greek mythology girl or like, you know, a Roman military person? You know, what? where do you stand on all that? I mean, I love, love Greece. I'd say I'm a Hellenist through and through. But my interest kind of lies beyond that I'd say I've always been interested in in learning languages before even like coming to McGill I, I started learning different languages such as like I early on I had like a lot of East Asian friends and so I picked up like a bit of Korean and a bit of Japanese and I went on to study Japanese uh, for one summer at like an international school in Tokyo and I was sure that I was headed into like East Asian studies that I was dead set on it. I also like hesitated maybe doing Italian studies because I had studied that in Sejep for a year and my Italian was really good back then before the pandemic. And um, I also thought about maybe picking up Russian because why not? That sounds fun. So all throughout my life, I feel like I've had like a, a fascination for languages and that's really carried into, I guess, the classics or my, my interest in classics. So um, yeah, really the language parts. I'd really love to do something, probably study like Indo-European in um, grad school. And then again, it's so vast. Like classics is great because you get to choose from like all these different disciplines really. But yeah, languages. I don't think I'm the best at ancient languages because it is very difficult to go from learning modern languages where you can just like turn on the TV or listen to songs to like having to make your way through like a super dense 
texts like Latin or Greek, but I just think it's so fun. And like this summer, I've been reading up on um, linear A and linear B, and I think it's really interesting. And I absolutely love like the Bronze Age of Greece, which is like so far back. But that doesn't mean that I don't love Rome. Like I, I love Roman elegy and I actually think that Latin is much more fun than Greek just because like, I guess it's a bit easier. Some people disagree with me, but I think it's easier to get into. So I guess languages and literature too, but there's so much to classics. It's so multidisciplinary that like you have so much to choose from. And then again, there's so much you could do with it like comparative mythology you can come like comparative linguistics and there's so much that goes into it definitely and liking the language and literature puts you in a good spot for mcgill because our program emphasizes the languages to to well you know the degree to which they do that um wherein you're you're encouraged to take it every single year at every level so that you can actually fully engage with the literature in your third or fourth year um, in ancient Greek or in Latin. So I'm wondering what you've thought about the program so far. Has it met up to your expectations? Have there been sort of surprises that you wish your past self knew before you entered McGill or with McGill Classics? Or any tips that you can share with people who might be coming into the program or considering the program? Hmm, yeah, I think that the Classics department at, at McGill is, is amazing. I haven't had the chance to meet a lot of the professors because I know that a lot of them were, were on leave for my first two years. But the professors that I've had were just amazing. Um, what I was scared of losing when I got to McGill was this kind of um, closeness with the professors. Going from like a small cégep where I was in an even smaller program, liberal arts, where you had your professors there to answer questions and chat with you. And that were, they were just really genuinely interested in, you know, passing on this knowledge to you to go into like a big campus, a big international campus with like big classes. I was scared of like being in like a, a little drop in the ocean in this huge uh, classroom. But I'd say that, you know, it's a very tight-knit community and that the professors are are always there. Um, the classes are very small too. So that's a great environment, at least for me, because I love to run my mouth in class and like just talk. <laughs> but um, the professors are very helpful and super easy to talk to. And they really do a good job of cultivating a, a safe and inclusive space for students to, to speak their minds, which I think is really, really great. And uh, my expectations going to the classics were kind of influenced, I guess, on like the academics I'd been reading, like a lot of French, European, a lot of like German um, classicists that were more old school. And so I was expecting a Latin class, like uh, for those of you that have seen like, you know, the Dead Poet Society, where you're just like, agricola, 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 and always like, of course, you have to study your declension, but I was just expecting something very monotone and very... Um, I guess that's what's great about McGill is that you're not limited at all in the choice of class that you have. And the professors are doing like great stuff. It's so innovative. So I guess that's what really um, surprised me from coming to McGill is how the professors are, are really, as I was saying, innovating on different stuff. Like we have um, a class that I, I love to talk about, which is um, gender in the ancient world, where you 
get to talk about uh, feminist theory and there's a lot of queer visibility and you talk about like the female experience in antiquity. So it was so different from, you know, I was expecting having like a bunch of old white men telling me what to think about antiquity. And I discovered how diverse it is and how fun it is and how there's so much to do and so much to learn about it. So I guess that's how my experience kind of different from my expectations and as for tips for students hmm as long as you're passionate and you're interested I guess my number one tip would be study your declension because <laughs> I know a lot of people who did not do that and that did not go well for them so study your declensions and honestly please do not be intimidated by Latin or by ancient Greek I you know, as you go on, I feel like the classes get smaller and smaller. So I guess that would be my number one tip. Don't be afraid of like making mistakes at first, especially when you're doing intro and maybe even early intermediate ancient languages. It's a lot of revision and a lot of, you know, you have to learn it by heart. And it seems impossible because every time you get to remember something, you forget something else. But eventually it all comes together and your efforts will pay off. So it's not really... It's not that much of a of a tip, but that's the best I've got. It's a good one. It's and it's true, you know. <laughs> Looking back at all of the intro prep work that you do, I like to say that intro Greek and intro Latin are the most difficult of the three stages of languages because in intro you're just fully taking in so much information. And then after that, intermediate and advanced is more repetition and honing in on all that memorization you did. So you're totally right. Like a lot of people are flabbergasted by the amount of work they have to put in for intro languages, but it really does get much better after that. So don't don't drop it yet. Exactly. Don't give up. And it's so rewarding like to be able to make your way through a text, even if it's it's really it sounds dumb, but even if it's like a couple of words. Sometimes you're reading a text and you don't understand anything, but you're like, hey, I recognize this form of this noun. And honestly, it makes it all worth it, I think. I agree. <laughs> and this is sort of similar to the last question, but what do you envision season two for the podcast will be like? Um, are you targeting more people who are coming into the program or maybe uh, just classes in general? What kinds of interviews are you excited for? Just talk us through all of that. Yep. So we already have three interviews in the making, which is great. And for now, at least, uh, I think I'm planning on, or we're planning rather, on branching out more into maybe classics adjacent material. We'll be more exploring where a background in classics can take you because there's so much to say about that. My worry is that some people will be disappointed that we're not exactly doing like hardcore classic stuff. Um, like the interviews that I have planned are, aren't directly related to classics. Uh, I, I think the subjects are still really, really interesting. And our guests do talk about what it's like being in the program at McGill and classics. And I guess it's giving visibility to people who aren't necessarily dedicating their entire lives to classics, but that have benefited from the classic background. So that's really what we're going to shine a light on uh, and focusing more. I'd also love if we could focus maybe a bit more on Greece, hopefully, if I do manage to find people that are specializing in classics 
at the graduate level. And then um, I'm hoping maybe to make the podcast a bit more accessible um, for Francophone audience, really. Because um, McGill might seem a bit, you know, scary from the point of view of someone that doesn't have like great English and people might feel dissuaded from from applying to McGill, at least in my experience, that that's how it was with a lot of my friends. So I would love to, to kind of experiment with maybe an episode or two in season two that are um, held entirely in French. Uh, so if we have any Anglophone listeners that want to practice their French, that's a good opportunity. Uh, and then maybe even collab with students from other universities. We can always look outward into like the greater classics uh, community in Montreal. And that's pretty much it. That's awesome. I'm really excited for this. And I think the Francophone element is a really great idea, especially because, you know, the French system is very different for doing classics and what they focus on, even in translations, how they choose to translate in French. And I'm sure there's a whole lot of analysis you could do there, um, even looking at maybe some of the French readings that you've done before and reflecting on what you did in Sejep and comparing that to how English authors analyze the same texts. I think that that would be really, really interesting. So I'm, I'm super excited for that and for you to do that. I guess my last question for you is the same as the one that I ask everyone, and it's a big one. So I'd be interested to hear your answer now and then your answer a year from now when you have done a year of interviews and have reflected more on um, classics as a field. But as for now, what does classics mean to you? Yeah, that's the big question. I mean, I'm always fascinated by how the guests we have on the podcast answer because every time so interesting and so well thought. And I mean, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Like classics is so multidisciplinary that it's it's really difficult to narrow it down, pinpoint exactly what it is. So I guess I'm I'm afraid I don't have anything terribly profound to answer. But I will say that classics is great if you want to acquire a lot of practical, you know, pragmatic knowledge uh, on on history, on languages, on religion, on philosophy, even. For instance, if ever you do end up taking Latin, Greek, or Latin or Greek, your professors will tell you how learning an ancient language is great if you want to improve your written English, because it really trains your brain to break down language and analyze its different components which which i think is great like if reading roman oratory for instance can help your diction or can help you um write more convincing papers i think that's that's great that's that's all good however i think it would be i guess misguided is the word would be really misguided to study classics just because it's useful like, don't let anyone tell you that it isn't. That's definitely not what I'm trying to say. But I feel like there's this prevailing opinion in our society that, you know, we all have to contribute in a very tangible and like very meaningful and direct way. And that not doing so or rather doing so in a way that um, maybe isn't as direct is, like, for instance, studying humanities is seen as like a waste of of resources and a waste of potential but please don't let anyone convince you of that because I think that the importance of a field like classics can't be reduced to to its usefulness or how relevant it is in the modern world and 
um, I don't think you can really measure the worth of classics, you know, in productivity rates or like percentages. And really, in my opinion, that's the beauty of classics. But to answer your question, to me, classics is, it's so many things, but I guess it's like a, a tool of introspection for myself as an individual, but also for the society in, in which I, I live in. And, you know, I feel bad applying like such a utilitarian term as like tool to classics, because I've been talking about how, you know, it's worth shouldn't be measured just by its usefulness. But I feel like the ancients can sometime appear terribly alien and, and very distant from us. But I'm always surprised by how how much we have in common and how relevant some of their issues are still to our modern society and how much really they can teach us about ourselves. And most of all, I think I'm comforted by the idea that someone thousands of years ago who really couldn't have even conceived of my existence and yet their existence touches mine so deeply. And I guess back then, just as now, like we're all just trying to make the most of the time we have on earth. And that's really why I love classics so much. I think it's an amazing insight into humanity, into, into human nature, and that it can really help you know more about yourself. And as I was saying earlier, the world also in which we live in. I think that's amazing. And I feel like that's why language is so valuable to you know the study of antiquity and classics is because it, it, it offers you an incredible insight into the minds of of the ancients and their societies and I feel that when you're translating you're almost like entering into communion with the past and I think that's wonderful but hey a year from now my answer will probably have changed so who knows I think your current answer resonates quite well with me. It's very in line with how I think about classics um, as both in a sort of defensive response to people who are like, why are you studying classics? But also very much, as you said, introspectively, you know, I know why I'm doing classics and what classics has done for me. And so that's why I continue to study it and to think about it and to love it. So thank you for your insight and um, for your responses. I am really, really looking forward to where you take this podcast and am super happy that you are going to be our new host. So everyone, this is Shahlen and this is me signing off as the host for season one. Thank you all for listening to Tell Me Muse. been listening to the last episode of season one of Tell Me Muse. A huge thank you to the team who helped me put together this season, uh, who did background research on the text that we were reading, to audio editing, and to helping spread word of the podcast. As well, a huge shout out to all of my guests for their time and for their interest in participating. Cover art for the podcast was created by Taya Kendall, Music by Matthew Hawkins. The podcast is also funded by the Arts Undergraduate Society and the Financial Management Committee at McGill University. And we would also like to thank CKUT for the use of their studio and recording equipment. I'm Cindy Zhang, 
and thank you for listening to Tell Me Muse. We'll see you in season two with your new host, Charlene Frigambeaupré.